What does happen when you search YouTube for seagulls stop it now, Yoda? Oh, you, it's a great video. It's, right. a, it's a truly great video. It's a bad lip reading. <clears throat> and so what they have is they have Yoda and Luke Skywalker talking, uh-huh. except that they totally change the words. And so it's a song about seagulls <laughs> instead of learning how to do the force. <laughs> and so if you remember the Star Wars, you know, episode uh, five, it all makes perfect sense. And it's like him running with him in a backpack and stuff like that. And they're singing about, but they're singing about seagulls <laughs> instead of learning the force and controlling your dark side and stuff. Huh. Okay, here I am. No, you're not. What do you mean? No, I'm not. We can't see you. Your camera's uh, off. Your cam- your camera's my thing? Off. Uh, Wherever you left it. It was up. Oh, there I am. There you are. So, and that. there's your phone. So Mark was asking about uh, the Yoda seagulls video. <laughs> oh, God. I'm putting it in. It's going to be the uh, opening of the uh, podcast. So everybody, yes, if you want to see the actual video. And uh, what does that have to do with stamp collecting? Uh, today is May the 4th. Well, it's not today, but when this goes up, it'll be May the 4th. May the 4th be with That's you. That's Friday. <laughs> May the 4th be with you. And what does that have to do with stamp collecting? <laughs> uh, Star Wars stamps. Gotcha. Where? Actually, their Star Wars stamps weren't that bad. No. It's just yeah. they put next to the British Star Wars stamps. Well, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> well, are we ready for a countdown? No no banter? Oh, that was the banter. We've been bantering that for six minutes and 20 seconds. <laughs> Five, four, three, two, one. <laughs> Nothing a little music can't help. Stamp collecting happens when we dream together. Live from the Merrill Street Pre-Memorial train station and Tapas Bar, she isn't dead yet, this is the award-winning Stamp Show here today, episode number 171. I'm Cash, and 100 years ago, a couple days ago, the Red Baron was shot down 100 years ago. By Snoopy? Not by Snoopy. Actually, Snoopy is the Red Baron, didn't you know that? Actually, they don't know who shot him down. They think it was either a Canadian pilot or the ground crew. And every, the ground crew gets credit for it, but actually they have no clue who shot down the Red Baron. For sure. For sure. I say it was Snoopy. <laughs> <laughs> hey, he shot down Snoopy so many times. I'm Scott, and I hate to brag, but... I just finished my 14-day diet in three days. <laughs> Hi, this is Mark, and I have proudly christened the latrine at the pre-death Merrill Street Memorial Train Station and Tapas Bar. <laughs> you people are weird. 
<laughs> it's such a classy show. We're just not sure what class it is. More like crass. Yeah, more like crass. Yes, absolutely. This, of course, is Tom. I'm busy reading, so. <laughs> and not the script. And I'm your stint mistress, Dawn. I watched Sophie's Choice yesterday, and ignoring the fact that if I had to choose one kid, that would be an easy choice. You know who you are, Pook. Anyways, if you were standing at a train station and had to make Sophie's stamp choice, what's your favorite stamp? Well, there is the uh, Cosby Show stamp. It was put out in Celebrating the Century. I... I think he just won some award or something like that. He was in the news for something. I forget what it was. Yeah, you would pick that. (laughs) Yeah, you would. So, Tom, what is your favorite stamp? I don't know that I really have a particular favorite right now, but um, since we're bringing this kind of stuff up for favorites, I have to go with the Teleco Plains Confederate Postmaster Provisional for right now. Wow. It's... uh, that's cool. Because my mom's deli is located in Teleco Plains, Tennessee, so I just thought it was really cool that it's like, hey, someone I know has a postmaster provisional from where they live. Unfortunately, it's a bit out of my price range at the moment. Yeah. (laughs) Well, why don't you tell them a little bit about the stamp? By the way, I'm going to put pictures of all these stamps on Facebook. Everybody go to Facebook, go to the uh, Stamp Show Here Today page, and you can see the stamps we're discussing. Well, it's a five-cent... Red typeset uh, just has um, Teleco Plains, Tennessee at the bottom, and uh, the name of the postmaster at the top, M.F. Johnson. And uh, there's one currently coming up in a Siegel sale on May 22nd, and it's uh, lot 280, and its estimate is $2,500. So if anyone feels uh, They'd like to pick one up for me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you, you don't have all your Christmas presents lined up yet? Yeah. That would I'll, cash out all your Christmas presents. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Listeners want to pull together and buy it for me? That'd be cool. Yeah, this was issued during the Confederate period before they had Confederate stamps. Yeah. And uh, so shortly after the Civil War began. Af- after, after secession and uh, the... U.S. Postal Service pulled out of the South and mm-hmm. before they could get enough uh, Confederate postal uh, general issue stamps out to everybody. And the interesting thing is they made this a typeset stamp. They made it a great deal like uh, the numeral stamps of Hawaii. If you look at it, they're platable. They're, they have the uh, typeset sort of look to them. Well, not only that, they were they were printed by the same printer as a couple of other towns in Tennessee, and all they did was change the typeset, mm-hmm. and uh, thereby creating different provisionals for the different towns. Yeah, there are, what, about four or five that have almost this exact same design. Yes. Yeah. Very interesting stamp. Good selection, Tom. And if anyone wants to know, it's uh, Scott number 81X1. And I think there's only two known used. I believe so. One on cover and one off cover, I think. Yeah. Anyway. Two, two known used, and it says, yeah, one's on, including one on cover. From, so they're extremely rare. Yeah. And $2,500 for something that's that rare is a pretty good deal. Well, and this looks like it's a margin copy, too, because the bottom and the right are huge. 
And that, w- that would be before they changed the right-hand stamp to be 10 cents. And it's kind of interesting because Teleco Plains, being the major hub of the United States during this time period, you know, I think it was Chicago, New York, and Teleco Plains, right? I somehow doubt that. Oh, yeah. Maybe I'm confused with the other Teleco Plains. Plus, uh, look how creative they got with one color. Oh, yeah. Well, actually, it's uh, multicolored, but they're all different shades of the same color. Quit picking on my stamp, people. <laughs> it was 1861. I don't think there were a whole lot of bicolor stamps out then. Well, speaking of bicolor stamps, my current favorite, and the, it changes every once in a while, is uh, the U.S. got number C23. It's the Carmen and Blue Eagle airmail stamp that was issued in 1938 on the second day of airmail week. uh, Airmail week was uh, during the 20th anniversary of government, official government airmail flights. And it was to, to kind of encourage the public to uh, use airmail instead of regular snail mail because airmail was like a whole lot faster. I think we're going to talk more about airmail in our next podcast too. Yeah. But anyway, so that's kind of my current favorite. That's because I'm collecting all the national airmail week caches and stuff like that. But they have to have this particular stamp on them. And there's a couple of varieties of this, aren't there? There are. Um, horizontal perforations omitted, uh, missing, vertical perforations missing, and there's also a color shade, which was printed It was printed in the wrong color. And uh, that variety was actually discovered on the second day of, on the first day of issue. Excuse me, on the first day of issue. No, no, I'm, th- I'm thinking of the horizontal imperf was discovered on the first day of issue. And the guy kept it a secret, got his friend, and, and he was a postal employee. And he he and his friend went that evening, and they rifled through all of the stock, pulled all of the sheets that had the imperf horizontally, and they made up a few covers and mailed them on the second day of issue. And those are the only known covers that early with the horizontally imperf stamp. So they snuck in to, like, avoid the C3A issue? Is that what happened? Well, he, he got fired for doing it. Well, <laughs> yeah. But he, well, yeah. he, didn't, he didn't steal them. He actually paid for them. But he stuck, snuck in that night and rifled through and picked them all out and then left the money so that it was as if they had been sold. But when it was found out that he did that, he was fired from the post office. What what was the story about the color variety you were just mentioning? Uh, I don't remember when that was found. Oh, but it is a different color or Yes, it's a different color. So it's like it's different it's ultramarine and blue. It's kinda like the four cent Colombian era. It's it's just a, a slightly different color and it's it's darker and Yeah, the eagle's slightly different, right? It makes the eagle appear slightly darker, but it the the shade difference is in the in the blue. Oh, so the blue makes the eagle look a little stand out more, or like the tricks of the eye. You see yeah. that a lot with yeah, because it's a darker, stuff. it's a more. There's more blue in it, so it makes the eagle stand out more. 
Oh, interesting. Well, my favorite, and uh, I actually have a favorite time period, so since I have to pick a stamp, I'm going to pick U.S. number 11A because uh, that's the sort of the workout horse stamp that was issued in 1851, and it's a three-cent stamp with George Washington on it. But I love this time period. It's when the Industrial Revolution was really taking off. Everything you look at as modern today came out of this time period. You know, if you have sewage, you know, if you have a sewer, that's from the 1850s. If you, you know, have sheets from China, that's from the 1850s. All this stuff happened in the 1850s. I have stamp sheets from China from the 1850s. Yeah. Are those worth anything? I think they are. Anything from China from the 1850s is worth money now. (laughs) So what's in my sewer is worth something? Oh, yeah. I I have sewage in San Francisco. Well, I mean, I bring up sewage because that's just the thing that I was... uh, I was watching some uh, YouTubes on cleaning up New York recently. And... uh, you, you guys may know I have a uh, exhibit, quote-unquote, that isn't mounted, but it's on global warming and horse manure and how today everybody is worried about global warming and the, every, all the uh, conversation you hear today about global warming destroying the country and everything like that, the temperatures and everything. In the late 1890s, you had exactly the same arguments people were having about getting rid of all the horse manure that was in the streets. I'm not making a political comment saying that global warming is horse manure. I'm saying that during the, that period of time, they literally thought that the cities were going to be destroyed by the amount of horse manure. I mean, New York... Uh, they had, it, during the 1850s is when this started, they'd have these, actually it was earlier, but you'd have these companies come through and they'd clean all the horse manure up and they'd put it in wagons and then they'd truck it off to the farms and sell it to the farmers. So they'd get the horse manure for free and then basically the farmers would pay basically just a transmission cost. You know, they'd pay for the horse manure to be moved. And labor. And labor. Well, in the 1890s, so much horse manure was being produced that the farmers couldn't buy it all. And, you know, Scott, go ahead and ask your question. What does this have to do with stamp collecting? What does this have to do with stamp collecting? There are some fantastic covers that you can get that have um, these horse manure companies, and they're all going bankrupt because they have these city contracts And the city allows you to go in there and scoop up all the horse manure and you go off and you sell and you make money. Well, now these companies have to spend all this money to collect this horse manure and they can't get rid of it. And they have these huge piles of horse manure and you have all these covers of these people, you know, these advertising covers, really, really nice advertising covers advertising that you can get horse manure from these places. Well, I know where a lot of it could have gone. There's some law offices and politicians' offices (laughs) where it really should belong. Yeah. So when you go, if you look for some of these uh, horse and farm equipment and stuff like that, 
there are some really extravagant advertising covers from these time periods of these people who are trying to market their horse manure. And so that's how I tie it in. And again, you know, it's the 1850s. This is toward the 1890s when the whole thing blew up. And luckily, you know, we invented cars and trolleys and stuff like that so that the horses all went away. But uh, What's wrong with feet? Uh, it's hard to ship a ton of ice with your feet. Yeah, but I, I, can, I can get from here to the mm. store and back on my feet. Oh, you can get... I don't need to ride a horse. You can get from here to New York I on know. your feet. I, I, I saw a documentary... And then you run the risk of stepping in the horse. <laughs> Not anymore. I know this is totally going to have to be cut out, but all I can think of is these ornate advertising flyers in the 1850s that say, buy our shit. <laughs> <laughs> no, really, it's horse <laughs> It, it is a, and again, you know, this whole time period, and that's why I'm selecting this stamp is because it represents this time period where all this stuff happened, and I just really love the time period. Sounds like a load of... <laughs> Many loads. So are there modern-day companies that go to San Francisco and say, we'll clean up your human feces for a certain amount of money? Yeah. No, because I don't think there's a market to sell it. <laughs> it's called night soil. Somebody and by the it. way, during this time period, horse manure was treated separate from night soil. Night soil was treated totally different. Anyway, Don, getting off the horse manure topic, what's your favorite stamp? <laughs> okay, you know, I'm all about the dragons. And you made me pick one of my dragons. It's and Sophie's I'm choice. Sophie's choice. You oh got to choose gosh. one stamp. Oh, it's easier picking a, a, one of my kids <laughs> than it is a stamp. <laughs> but I got to say, it's got to be my Jersey Dragons. I love those. That's a set of six. It's got all the different mythological dragons from Beowulf and. Uh, oh, yes, the, yes, yes. The Welsh dragon. Mm -hmm. And yeah, uh, I think there's uh, St. George in there too. So but anyways, it's so love those. I mean, they're gorgeous. No, no, no. Gorgeous stamp. You're cheating. You're cheating. What? One stamp. Sophie's choice. Not a whole set. You can't pick a set. You got to pick you see a stamp. My problem here. Well, which one do you like better, Beowulf or Saint George? Well, it's got to be Saint George. I'm not sure Saint George was one of them. I don't know. I don't know. It's your favorite. How do you not know? Well, I know it's not in front of me, for starters. And it, have you ever tried to read the printing on those? Super tiny. Magnification. Now I'm going to go with the, the Welsh dragon. I love that one. The Welsh dragons are cool. Well, that killed it, didn't it? It wasn't a showstopper, but it was a show slower downer. Uh-huh. Yeah, it was. Mark, you're up. Tell us about your favorite stamp. My favorite stamp is the 1964 Nevada Centennial. Just look at this beautiful stamp. How creative they got with just two colors. Two colors? Eh, well, maybe more than two. <laughs> I, 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 I do see more than two. <clears throat> Not many more. 
You also sounded like uh, you're from the board of uh, Nevada tourism there, the way you were talking. <laughs> Why is it your favorite stamp? It is a cool looking stamp, though. That it, is a neat looking stamp. Yeah, for that time period, the uh, the amount of colors they got in there, it just it just looks great. You got a little town in the bottom. You have the Sierra Nevadas in the background, which, by the way, Nevada, Sierra Nevada means uh, mountain, or Nevada means snow. Snow covered. Snow covered, yeah. Very interesting. Yeah, it's peaceful. It's attractive. Not Quite colorful. Yeah, not particularly great engraving, but... And, it, and it's hometown. Yeah, and it's our home state. You know, knowing Cash as well as I do, I had a moment of fear when you said what Nevada means. All of a sudden, I just flashed back to San Diego. Oh, yeah. We all know what San Diego stands for. Mm-hmm. You know, you've heard that, right, Mark? No. Oh, it's a German word. It means whale's vagina. <laughs> You've never heard that before? No. No, it was named in like 1902 by uh, some German explorers who landed in San Diego and founded the city. That's uh, I, I saw that on a documentary called The Anchorman. Wow. Yeah, that wasn't a documentary. Back, back to Dawn's favorite stamps, plural. Yes, St. George and the Dragon is one of your set. Oh. Mm-hmm. Beowulf, St. George and the Dragon, the Bacchanawa. Mm-hmm. The Colchian Dragon, the Chinese Dragons, and the Welsh Dragon are your set of six. Yes. And it's a very cool set of six. Well, you will pick one, and I will put that on eBay. Or you will pick. You'll one. pick your favorite, and he's going to sell it out from <laughs> under you. <laughs> I know. I, I I meant Facebook, not eBay. I got eBay on my mind instead uh-huh. of Facebook on my mind. Well, speaking of eBay, why don't we move along to our emails? Oh, okay. We get emails, so some of the answer squad. Jim C. writes, Howdy, everyone. Howdy. I am moving on. What? He said he said howdy, and I said howdy back. Oh. Yeah, don't do that. Oh, okay. Don't do that. I'm saying it again. Howdy, everyone. I am moving on up to eBay soon. I have two questions about working with eBay. Is that on the east side? Ever- Sorry. It's moving on up to the east side. And no one, no one. <laughs> Well, I got it. Are you making a Jefferson's re- uh, reference? Yes, I am. Ah, uh, good on you. The first is uploading stamps to the eBay site. In the beginning, I will be loading my own stamps. What are good programs to work with? Cash told me one, and I've forgotten the name. Something with sixes in it? What is that? Is that 6-bit, Cash? Yeah, that's 6-bit. That's the program that I use. But that's really only if you're going to be listing a whole bunch of stuff, right? Because that's outside software. It's outside software. It also costs like uh, 30 bucks a month. So unless you're selling, you know, more than a couple hundred bucks, it doesn't pay to have somebody else, you know, to, it's $30 a month, uh, you know, for just the use of the software. So if you're not selling, you know, a couple hundred bucks, that 30 bucks choosing your profits pretty quick. Yeah, 
Um, I use Octiva. Mm-hmm. And uh, that, again, there's a monthly charge. And just like your eBay store, there's different monthly subscription plans. But I just went with the cheapest one, and it was it was plenty for what I needed and, and uh, gives you plenty more listings than I ever needed. So, um, But it helped me keep track of stuff, and I didn't have it helped me time my listings whereas if you're doing it directly through ebay's interface it's it's a pain in the butt oh yeah you basically have to list it as soon as you finish entering it before you move on to the next item whereas like with octiva you can say well start my lot at uh 659 on friday evening yeah and you can enter however many lots you have, you know, 30, 50, 100 lots and have them all start at 6.59 on Friday evening. Which this is for me, uh, and this may be old information, but I still think it's pretty good. For auctions, I always do better when they end on Sunday. And so I will list most of my stuff to end between, say, 2 o'clock and 6 o'clock on Sunday. Friday is an okay day. Wednesday is an okay day, but killer days are Monday, Tuesday. You never want really an auction to end on Monday or Tuesday. You don't get the people on those days going and really looking for auction items. That's what I found, and that's what the statistics show. I don't use any third-party software. I just use eBay's listing manager. Yeah, I, and then uh, I can I can set up the listings to start at a particular time, but it's a dime every time you do that. Right. And yeah, and that that's one of the things that Octiva saves you is is those all those little extra fees. Right. And I like Six Bit because it has a picture editor in it, and it also has a really really good interface for printing mailing labels. If you mail a lot of stuff, like the other day I had to mail 140 items. If you have to address 140 envelopes, that's just kill. That's a total time sink. And having the ability to print uh, labels from the software is really pretty cool. I never got that many lots, so I never really investigated whether Octiva had a label printing yeah. feature in it. It probably does, but... Like I said, I never got that far, so I always hand-addressed everything I had. Yeah. Well, I just... <laughs> uh, eBay just changed the way that they notify you of when auction, uh, listings end. And I had, uh, yesterday, I had 3,200 lots end. And I got an email saying that the lot didn't sell. And then I got one that's saying, it's easy as one, two, three to relist this lot. So I got 6,400 emails, and I'm going, how the heck do I shut this off? So I had to go in and find out how. If anybody has this problem, email me. I'll tell you how to do it because it is not easy to find how to do. Because well, they don't want you to do it. And it'll only charge you five bucks each, each email to tell you how. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> hey, got to make some scratch here. But, but you know... If you're getting 6,400 emails, figuring out how it might be worth <laughs> five, five bucks, bucks. Is worth it. <laughs> hey, I'm trying to make him some money. Yeah, thank you. Jim also asked about a size problem with eBay. I'm not sure what he means mm-hmm. there. The next is, I currently scan stamps for stamps to go, and I have only run into size problem twice in many years. I was trying to show a complete Disney set 
with a souvenir sheet. Has anyone run into a size problem with eBay? Any guidance anyone can offer would be helpful and really appreciated. Well, eBay has a, a limit on the how small a, a scan can be, but I don't know if they have a limit for the maximum size. Yes, they do. Oh, I'm, I'm sure they do, but you're never going to hit it with a uh, stamp. Well, if you if you if you do a high DPI scan and you have a large area like a complete set with a souvenir sheet, then yes, you would. Um, there's two ways to get around that. One is to man manually reduce the size of the file. Um, when you save it as a, a JPEG, you can uh, adjust the compression and that will adjust the file size. Uh, another thing, another way is to just scan it as at a lower resolution. And if somebody wants a higher resolution scan, then you have one that you can email to them. Now, I'm only commenting on 6-bit. This is not a commercial for 6-bit. If 6-bit wants to pay us, then I'll do a commercial for them. But in 6-bit, they have a picture editor where you can pick the size. And so all you do, and I do this all the time, you click on the picture, double-click on the picture, and it brings up a little window, and it says, how big do you want this to be? And I always, one of the edges has to be 700 pixels. So you can't go below 700 pixels. I try to be about 800 pixels on the smallest, and then the longest is however long it is. I mean, it may be 800 by 4,000. And I have never had a problem with that. Uh, I'm going to guess if you had like a 4,000 by 4,000 pixel picture, then you'd run into some eBay problems. But uh, like Scott brought up, you know, trying to adjust these pictures outside of a picture editor is really kind of tough. Well, usually when you scan the stamp and you save it, it says what kind of file do you want to save it as? And you say, I want to save it as a JPEG. If you do that, then it says, well, what do you want the compression ratio to be? And usually uh, you go with a minimum compression or a maximum compression or something like that. But you can, it's usually adjustable, and that'll, it should tell you what your final file size will be before you hit save. So you can adjust it, and, and if it says, well, there's a 5-megabyte limit on the file size, then you know to keep your files under 5 megabytes. If it says there's a pixel limit, like the minimum is 700, but what's the maximum? I don't know. But if there is a maximum, then it should also, when you're scanning it, it should tell you how big your yep. uh, scan is, and uh, then you can figure out if that's too big. Uh, I do know with Octiva that uh, they don't like things better, bigger than 8.5 by 11. You have to go in and uh, manually tell them if something is larger. I've had uh, like revenues on document and things like that where the document was larger and I had to go in and actually tell Octiva that it's okay because it's a big item. It's not just blank extra space. Yeah, if you're having, you will absolutely have problems if your picture is too small. You will have all sorts of problems with it. Having a picture too big, I think that's something that it's really you have to check the settings on your scanner because you're just doing like photo quality of something that's coming, you know, 20 inches by 20 inches and it's never going to uh, fit on eBay. Now, if you have a really tiny stamp, you can actually increase your uh, 
your image size just by scanning it at higher DPI. Oh yeah. So Dawn, Dawn was scanning some stuff for me and she, uh, when she first got her scanner, she scanned a bunch of us number 11s, my favorite stamp. And they were actual size. <laughs> yeah. And so when, uh, you know, new scanner. Yeah. So, you know, there, it was just the stock setting. So I had to have her rescan them because, you know, to be on eBay, you really, you know, a postage stamp has to be about four inches by six inches. Yeah. You need a nice big yeah. image. And these were coming out, you know, an inch by an inch. Yeah. And when I went into the picture editor and said, okay, make this stamp seven times larger. It just looked like a blur of pixels. <laughs> right. Right. Because it was scanned at such a low resolution. Right. Exactly. Now, I don't usually have any trouble because I most of what I sell is usually like scanners and, or uh, scanners. I usually sell uh, covers. Mm -hmm. And so I generally don't have any issue with size. Oh, speaking about that, did you see in NCIS? Bestest, most Sorry. legendary of all time. He's on top of the world. Don't. Send your advertising check to Stamp Show here today, whoever that was. <laughs> I was trying to look something up, and it popped up a video on me. Uh, that's normal. <laughs> anyway, in uh, the HR Harmer auction, which is coming up, they have a uh, pass to, I forget what national park it is, and on the back of it, they have one of the trailer stamps. Oh, yeah? So you were, you were talking about those and, you know, uh, stamps on documents. And it's also not canceled, though. So, ah, yes. Uh, you know, you have the question of whether it actually belongs there or not, but it looks like it belonged there. And it's that was an interesting item going back an episode or two. Yeah, it's frequent that that uh, those stamps on license didn't get canceled. Yeah. Well, kids, that's all the time we have for today. I'd like to thank Sideshow Mel, Corporal Punishment, Tina Ballerina. Oh, and from not landing, Miss Donna Mills. Oh, she was a sport. We've had lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of fun. But now the time has come to go. If this still cop was found dead in his bed tomorrow, I'd be in heaven still doing this show. See you some other time! Yeah. <laughs> it's a descend up. Thank you for joining us. This has been Cash, Scott, Tom, and I'm your host, Dawn. Continue the conversation at Stamp Show Here Today on Facebook. You can ask us questions, see pictures of the stamps, make comments, and add to the conversation on Facebook. You can also ask the experts your stamp questions at bluepaper at gradingmatters.com. You can listen to all of our past podcasts at stampshowheretoday.com, podbean.com, iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast listening platform. And as always, keep collecting. This episode of Stamp Show Here Today is brought to you by the Philatelic Book of Secrets, the book that teaches you about repurse, regums, color varieties, and much more. Get yours for $10 at www.philatelicsecrets.com today. <laughs> Nothing a little music can't help. Rockin', rockin' and rollin'. Down to the beach I'm strollin'. But the seagulls poke in my head. Not fun. I said seagulls. Mm, stop it now.
Listen, man, I'm not your friend. Mm, don't fall asleep. 